This podcast is brought to you by Link, simply the best way to learn languages. After you listen to the podcast, sign up for a free account at Link, L-I-N-G-Q.com, and study the full transcript using Link's revolutionary learning tools. Well, here today, I'm very lucky because I have my two sons here. Eric is visiting from London, and of course, Mark lives in Vancouver, but he happens to be at our house this evening. So there's the three of us. And what are we going to talk about? First of all, should we talk about our crab adventure? Sure. All right. Well, no, we won't. Let's talk a little bit about what you do. Eric, what do you do? Tell us. Uh, Well, I'm an academic, which means I teach at university. And I uh, teach politics with a lot of history mixed in. And uh, I do also a fair bit of research on issues pertaining to demography, religion, and politics, uh, amongst others. Um, Mark, what do you think of your brother being an academic? Well, you know, I've never actually seen him teaching his classes, but uh, sounds like a lot of uh, hogwash to me. Now, hogwash is a very important term which people should learn. It uh, means uh, nonsense. Would that be a fair term? I think that's a pretty good uh, approximation. Um, I, <laughs> uh, certainly, they, they uh, at their uh, university find lots of things to uh, talk about, but uh, whether in fact <laughs> it's of any great benefit, that's still up in the air. Eric, would you have any comments to come back with on that? Um, let's just say that uh, he wouldn't get in the door. Um, I know he went to uh, the esteemed uh, Ivy League University known as Yale, uh, but I also know that he spent most of his time uh, in courses like football skills and tapping for credits. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, have you got to come back to that? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> of course those courses don't exist at Yale, but... Um, I think we, we're, we're skirting the main issue, which is we have yet to figure out what it is exactly that you do. However, you have to admit, Mark, that one of the bright spots is that because Eric is a professor in England, we're not paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, would you tell us a little bit about what exactly your academic activities involve? And would you think that your students benefit tremendously from the opportunity to hear you uh, you know, elucidate certain fundamental concepts of, of life to them? Well, I've, uh, I've heard my students describe my lectures as uh, an epiphany in their <laughs> lives. <laughs> and I would say that uh, no one who comes uh, through my lectures comes out the other side unchanged in some fundamental positive way. Uh, so let's just say that, uh, you know, those of you out there who <laughs> have a desire to be enlightened, uh, Birkbeck College, University of London, uh, Department of Politics and Sociology. Now, I understand, Eric, if we can come back to you right away here, uh, that uh, you are a bit of an expert on Northern Ireland. And I have even seen a, a video of you interviewed on British television. And I think one of the major things that you have achieved is that you have developed a bit of an Ulster accent. (laughs) 
Is this significant? This is an important part of your research. Well, absolutely. And uh, before I do uh, get into my Ulster accent, I would urge all of you to go out immediately and purchase uh, my book uh, entitled simply The Orange Order, uh, A Contemporary Northern Irish History. Uh, now, now to the peace process in Northern Ireland. That's my uh, Ulster accent for you. But, uh, well, what happened really was uh, a concerted campaign by the uh, Republican movement, uh, born in the tradition of uh, the physical force tradition, blood-soaked tradition, uh, attempting to subvert British democracy in the North uh, and uh, the Unionist population uh, resisting this uh, assault on our uh, civil liberties. Uh, anyway, that's, we get the picture. <laughs> okay, that's good. But uh, again, getting back to Eric, since we don't always have the opportunity to talk to him, uh, and perhaps in a little more serious vein, uh, a lot of your work has to do with the impact of demographics on changes in our society. And I believe that one of your articles was actually featured in Newsweek magazine. And can you give us, is it possible, I just suddenly spring this on you, but to give us a bit of a, of a sense of the kind of work that you're doing right now? Uh, yeah, what, uh, the, the argument is basically that uh, even if people, some people leave organized religion, um, because religious people have more children than non-religious people, they can make more than make up for that loss to secularism. So over time, you would have uh, increasing religiosity, as I think we're going to see in Europe, uh, through demography. So that means immigration and also religious people having higher fertility. Uh, and the same thing happens in other parts of the world, like Israel, United States, and the Muslim world. So part of this whole argument is that... Uh, Far from seeing the end of religion, which was uh, prophesied by many uh, writers in the last couple hundred years, actually we may see a resurgence of religion, especially fundamentalist religion. So what you're saying is that while amongst, uh, call it the intellectual class, there's a certain disaffection uh, from religion, uh, science-based if you want, and we've had some books published recently by people like Richard Dawkins and others uh, but uh, and, and of course for a, a certain kinds of people this confirms their uh, call it secular beliefs but the reality in terms of, of demographics is that the religious people who are not at all persuaded by these arguments are increasing faster than the secular people and that's true in Christianity in Judaism in Islam I don't know about Buddhism or Hinduism, but it's, it's fairly widespread. Well, that's right, uh, because if you think about it, all religions are encourage people to have children, encourage the women to stay at home rather than go out to work, and discourage contraception and abortion. So it makes sense. And also they're more family-oriented and long-term oriented, so they're less individualistic. So it makes sense that they would be expand at least... If they're able to retain their children to any degree, they will expand. So that's the argument, really. And that's sort of what I'm researching. Now, when you say retain, you mean, in other words, keep them as believers. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and I know I've, I've been at, at uh, presentations that you've made, and you don't attempt or you don't want to uh, 
make any value judgments on all of this. You just want to explain the trends that are happening out there. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, of course, it uh, for you know secular people, it could be quite scary. Uh, but my my only job is to sort of look at the trends and and try and draw conclusions from that. So yeah. Now, Mark, from our perspective here in Canada, uh, enjoying nature here today, we went out and checked our crab traps. In fact, Eric and I we put out a crab trap. Uh, rode all the way out there to do that, rode back in, in our little rowboat, uh, went out again, found that the crabs, there was one crab was too small, uh, our bait, which was our fish scraps, were gone, we had to roll back in, put out more fish scraps, we went out again today, and the buoy, the crab trap, the line, everything was gone. Uh, that's reality for us. So, uh, getting back to Vancouver reality, Mark, uh, could we get some learned comments from you on what you heard from your esteemed and and uh, uh, you know eminent eminent, eminent <laughs> scholar brother? Would you like to bring us back to earth here? Well, I first want to start with uh, the uh, fishing crabbing, sorry, crabbing expedition that you just described, and uh, it's probably worth mentioning that the um, shall we call it skill level in quotes of the crabbers was probably on the low end basic uh non-existent <laughs> and uh that was certainly played a big part in the um lack of success of the crabbing expedition um when i arrived here for dinner this evening uh <laughs> I was led to believe that perhaps the uh, Coast Guard or some such (laughs) (laughs) organization had made off with your trap, but I think the more likely explanation is that the line was floating and got cut by a passing uh, boat. Uh, At any rate, the net result is the same. No buoy, no line, no crab trap, no crabs. (laughs) I can't say that I'm surprised, but uh, you know I, I'm sure that uh, we've all come away. You've all come away from this experience. Point of information. Point of information. Much wiser. Uh, point of information, please. Uh, am I to take it from this that you have snared uh, many crabs uh, in your lifetime, and in fact are a bit of a professional? I can answer that question. <laughs> First of all, I will hear from Mark, who has snared crabs when he had the. Uh, one help of his <laughs> wife, who not only knows about crabbing, but can grab them from the behind and avoid getting uh, the pincers snapping at her fingers, which is a skill that I have not yet acquired. Um, so Mark is skilled, but we have caught a crab, but I think in retrospect that the crab that we ate, and which was delicious, is probably undersized. <laughs> <laughs> because what I have now discovered after our defeat in crabbing, I went to the internet and I looked up the instructions for crabbing here locally. You're not allowed to take females. You're not allowed to take any crab that is under 165 millimeters in the width of the shell. And I thought it was six inches, but six inches is 150 millimeters. So in fact, it's actually 165 millimeters. What I also discovered was that you need a permit, which we don't have. Uh, and you can only take males, you can't take females. So you can only take 
males that are larger than 165 millimeters. I, I can't say for sure that the crab that I ate the last time wasn't the female smaller than that. We're learning. Uh, we could have been, ended up in jail. So, yeah, we're learning. You realize this is being recorded. <laughs> is it just me? I know. <laughs> I hope the RCMP doesn't get a hold of the Coast Department Guard. Of Fisheries. Department of Fisheries. That's Thus true. Isn't on online studying English. And, I was and, only uh, joking. <laughs> But uh, no, we're going to do it again. We're going to get a proper buoy. Apparently, you're supposed to have a brightly colored buoy. You're supposed to put your name and phone number on it. You're supposed to have proper weights on your line so that they can't be cut by passing motorboats. Get a license. I'm even going to get a, some pincers, some, some uh, you know, uh, prongs or thongs so that I can grab the crab. Prongs. What? Tongs. Thong is something else. <laughs> so I don't have to grab it from behind, which is not something that I want to do. Although I gather that both your wife and your children are quite adept at grabbing the crab from behind and... Yeah, they have no problems grabbing the crabs and, and rubbing their bellies and putting them to sleep. And uh, So rubbing their bellies puts them to sleep? Well, yeah, if you know what you're doing. I mean, I'm, I certainly don't uh, do it myself, <laughs> but uh, my uh, wife and kids do, and uh, that's before uh, my wife uh, chops them in half with a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, any comments on this? Uh, well, it's my first uh, experience crabbing, and actually I thought yesterday we had a, a nice juicy one, but uh, apparently... Um, my brother Mark scuttled that, and I'm not sure I forgive him yet because actually it looked plenty big enough. Well, we were very happy. We rode out there with your son, Stewie, and we, we snared this one crab, and he looked pretty big and mean to us. And lo and behold, Mark shows up in his kayak, in my kayak, of course, but he comes in a kayak and says, no, 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 we can't have it. We were very reluctant to throw that crab back in the water. I think we would have thrown Mark into the uh, <laughs> the drink had it not been uh, for a bit of goodwill. Let us say there was a grudging assent uh, to put that crab back in the water. <laughs> but, uh, you know, well, what's right is right. And, uh, you know, there's no point uh, breaking the law. Probably. <laughs> Um, Just in case know, the fisheries are listening. All I know is it'll be a long time before we catch a crab again. Since, <laughs> since our crab equipment is at the bottom of House Sound. <laughs> okay, I think we've covered a number of subjects from Ulster to crabbing. And uh, our reunion here. Uh, I'm very happy to have my two sons visiting. And the sun is setting. And of course we've got the women doing the dishes. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, everything's right in the world. <laughs> except they're coming in to get us. So bye for now.